Father God, we thank you for the Bible. We thank you that in it you tell us about who you are and you tell us about what you are like. And I pray that you help me to speak about it clearly. And I pray that you help all of us to understand what you are saying to us. Amen. Well, a few years ago, when I was younger and more single than I am now, I was walking along the street and this woman, who was uh, an attractive woman, she came up to me and she was like, Hi, do you want to hear a joke? And I was like, Oh, wow, this is exciting because I really like jokes and I was attracted to attractive women. And here was what looked like to me a dream come true. An attractive woman had seen me and wanted to tell me a joke. And I was like, Wow, this is amazing. She knows I like jokes. She's picked me out of all the people to talk to me. And I started to imagine our future together that she would tell me this joke and it'd be hilarious. And we'd get to know each other. And then we'd get married and we'd move to the suburbs and buy a house and raise some hilarious kids. I was really excited about what was going to happen and so she said to me the joke she said don't you think that it's a joke that there are over 200 species going extinct every day and I was like I don't think that's a very funny joke that's a pretty disappointing joke I wanted something funny I wanted her to say something like I went shopping for camouflage trousers the other day but I couldn't find them anywhere I would have liked that joke But she didn't tell me that joke. In fact, it dawned on me that she wasn't wanting to talk to me because she thought I was funny at all. She thought she wanted to tell me a joke. She was talking to me because she was raising money. She wanted to raise money uh, for the organisation that she worked for. And I have no problem with helping out uh, anyone who wants to work in the environment. But I did have a problem with being tricked into talking to her so that she could just ask me for money. And so ever since then, I have been wary of people on the street who are going to try and ask me for money for their organisation. I keep my eye out for them. And if I see anyone who looks like they're working for a charity or working for a gym who's trying to get me to sign up or trying to get me to do paintball with them, whoever it is, whenever I see them, I kind of set my eyes straight ahead. I hope I've got earphones in and I try and avoid them. And if they do kind of talk to me, I just go, and just keep walking because I don't quite know how to deal with it. Now, I've learnt my lesson with people in real life, but I haven't learnt my lesson on the internet. You guys are talking about things in popular culture, and today uh, I want to talk about clickbait. And clickbait is like those people on the street, except that it happens on the internet. You know what it's like. You're there and you're, you're on Facebook or somewhere else and you, can, you see this headline come up. And it's a headline that says something like, a woman walks into her home and finds a stranger sitting in her living room. You'll never guess what happens next. And I'm like, oh, what does happen next? I'm really interested. Or it's like, this young girl starts singing and when she opens her mouth, it will leave you in tears. I'm like, oh, 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 I have to watch that. I really want to know what happens. And the whole point of clickbait is that it gets you to click on it, not really so that you can you know, find this great article, but so that you can see all the advertisements and then they will make a quarter off a cent off you when you look at it. They're not really interested in the product that they give you, they're just interested in making money off you. And we know this because when you actually look at the clickbait articles, they're not that good. They don't deliver on what they promise. 
I went and looked at some of them for uh, this talk and I found a few and, uh, and I had a read to see what happened to them. So this is the first one I found. It said, you'll never guess how Daniel Radcliffe spent his Harry Potter dollars. So I read that. I was like, oh, I better try and guess how Harry Potter spent his Harry, sorry, Daniel Radcliffe spent his Harry Potter dollars. So I started thinking about it. And I was like, I don't know what he did. Maybe he bought himself an aircraft carrier. That would be a good way to spend those dollars. Or maybe he, uh, he had plastic surgery and had a whole extra limb added to him. I mean, I would never guess that. Maybe that's what he did. What could it be? So then I read the article and it said that Harry Potter... Daniel Radcliffe, the way he spent his money was that he didn't spend his money. He saved his money. That was pretty disappointing. Like, that's pretty easy to guess. Like, you can either spend your money or save your money. They're your two options, and he saved it. Anyone probably could have guessed that with about 50% accuracy. And then I looked up this next one. It says, here is the awful truth about what really happens when someone wins a game show. It's like, what is the awful truth? Do they take your children when you win a game show? I don't know. So I read the article and the awful truth is that you get taxed on your winnings. It's not that interesting, really. Like everyone knows about taxes, it kind of makes sense. There's no payoff. And then here's the last one. Guy finds underground bunker in Russia and it will give you nightmares. I was like, wow, that was really bad. Like what did he find? Did he find a pile of bodies? That would give me nightmares. Did he find a hundred dancing Vladimir Putins? That would give me nightmares. My last nightmare, I got beaten up by a man at a music festival who didn't like the song I was singing in a park. Maybe that's what happens in the bunker. I don't know. So I watched the video and what it was, it was about a guy who found a bunker in Russia and what he found was a bunker in Russia. There was, it was just a bunker. There were no nightmares there at all. There was no payoff. The thing about clickbait is that it's all promise and no payoff. It's so often it's just disappointing. It is playing on our curiosity. We want to know what happens. We're interested to see what is this thing that they're talking about, this shocking thing, this unbelievable thing, this thing that will leave you in tears, this thing that is mind-blowing. What is it? And then we look at it and it is never as good as what they promise it to be. Because all they're really interested about is not giving us a good product, but just getting money out of us. They're just exploiting our curiosity, just making a little bit extra from us. And clickbait is kind of representative of, you know, some of the, the worst parts of human nature. Not that clickbait is the worst thing in the world. There are many worse things than clickbait. But that we have this nature that we are willing to exploit other people and good things about other people. Good things like curiosity. Curiosity, which is what, what, is, is what inspires people to, to pull appliances apart when they're kids to discover how they work. Or curiosity that meant that you spent uh, time on the internet you know, researching your favourite topic. Or curiosity that meant me as a kid just set a lot of stuff on fire to see how it would burn. These things are generally good things except when people get burnt. But curiosity is a good thing and it is just exploiting it. And this, is, and this nature that we have to exploit other people for our own gain is, is not good. The other thing that, that clickbait does, it is, it, 
It hypes up things. It gives all these, you know, words like unbelievable, mind-blowing, amazing, shocking, terrifying. And it never lives up to that. So those words kind of lose their meaning. So that when there is something truly unbelievable or truly amazing or truly shocking that we don't believe it. And we say it'll just be like all the rest. And those words lose their value. It's not very good at all. So the question is then, what do we do with this? How do we respond to clickbait? One thing I think for us is to be people who are generous because clickbait is not generous. Clickbait says, all I'm going to do is take from you and I'm not going to give you anything good in return. So be generous people. You can be people who, you know, share good stories with your friends. Like, I guess, I'm guessing most of you are not the kind of person who came to school yesterday and said, you'll never guess what I did on the weekend. It's unbelievable. And your friend said, what? And you say, pay me 20 cents and I'll tell you. I'm guessing you're not those people, but we can all be people who see others not as people to be friends with or people to give to, people to uh, be in a, a good relationship with, whatever kind of relationship it is, but we can see people as just what can we get from them? How can they add to my life what they can give to me and if they don't give anything to me then why would I relate to them we can see people as reasons to love them to care for them to give to them to be generous the other thing that uh, we can do is we can remain curious to not let things that have disappointed us stop us from looking into the world and discovering new things and learning about this great world around me and this is a chapel talk. So the next question is, well, how does God relate to clickbait? And I just want to finish up here and say that what we see in God is the very opposite of what we see in clickbait. Well, clickbait is not generous and clickbait is exploitative and just uses people for what they can give you. God is not like that. Sometimes we think of God as just wanting to get things out of us, that, he, that we give him good things like our prayers or our singing or our obedience, the good things that we do, and that's our value to God. And as soon as we stop doing good things or doing these things that he wants us to do, we are not valuable to him anymore. But that's not how God works. Our value to God is not found in what we do, but in what he has already done for us. In the passage, we saw this verse, which says, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? What this is saying is that God is so generous that he sent his son Jesus to live and to die and to rise again for us so that we might be forgiven for all the things that we've done wrong, that we might be set free to live a new life with him, so that we might be given eternal life, good things now and good things in the future. This is the generosity of God, that he would give us, even his son, that he'll give us all things if we would trust in him. The other thing that we see in the Bible is that God is a God who rewards curiosity. That it tells us in the Bible, seek and you will find. That he wants to know, be known and the more that we look at him, the more that we discover about God, the more that he finds that he lives up to the words about him. And in fact, he is better than those things. He is truly amazing. He is truly mind-blowing. He is truly good. And some of these things are almost unbelievable how good God is. And the more you discover him and the world that he has given, the better things get. So let's be people who are not cynical people, who are not people who are exploitative people, but people who are generous people and love the generous God who has given us everything and discover more about him and his world. How about I say a prayer?
for us now. Lord God, we thank you that you are a generous God. And we thank you that you have given us so much. We pray that you, we will be people who trust in you, who see your generosity in your son, and want to discover more of who you are in this world. And we live generously in this world. Amen.